You're listening to the ISACA podcast. I'm your host, Safia Kazi, and I'm excited today to be joined by Steve Ross, who you may be familiar with from the ISACA Journal's Information Security Matters column. In today's podcast, we're doing something a little bit different, and we're actually celebrating the 25th anniversary of Steve writing for the ISACA Journal. So Steve, first of all, congratulations. Thank you. It's not even exactly 25 years of that column. I've written over the years, other articles going back, I don't somewhere in the eighties. <laughs> yeah. So actually on that note, could you walk us through how you got started with writing the column or how you got involved initially with the ISACA journal? Yeah. The editor at that time, a good friend named Mike Kenjemi, uh, we had lunch and he said, you know, Maybe you'd like to write a column or two, you know, no commitment for more than maybe six months, you know, six issues. I said, yeah, man, well, I'll settle for three to get started. That was 25 years ago. So ISAC has been kind enough to give me a platform where I can pretty much say whatever I feel like. And that's a a neat thing to have. And I hopefully have... uh, educated a few people around the world. Yeah, I'm curious, what are some things that you've seen radically change in the security industry as you've been writing your columns? And is there anything that you think, these are the same problems that I was writing about 25 years ago? Well, I can I can speak to that. Every now and again, I get nostalgic and I read the first article I wrote, which is why I accepted Mike's offer, because I had something on my mind. It was called, if PKI is the answer, what's the question? And I say that I've seen solutions, whatever those are, come along. The one that's going to solve everything, one after the other after the other. I think the latest has been blockchain. And they didn't solve everything, and neither will anything else. It's it, There is no single silver bullet that's going to solve all problems. And I think that's been a continuing trend. On the more positive side, what I've seen is vastly, vastly increased investment in security, both in terms of technology somewhat more and people enormously more to the point where, of course, it's not news that there's a a real shortage of information security specialists around the country, around the world, get the word, the country. Yeah. And so on that note, I I believe you mentioned in the past in a previous podcast that you have a background in history. So can you talk a little bit about career paths in information security? I think a lot of maybe hiring managers are looking for people with certain degrees, but what do you think, what are the exact skill sets that are necessary for somebody to be a good security professional? Well, that goes to the heart of why I still believe in liberal arts education. Uh, the biggest, the two biggest are being the ability to listen and the ability to communicate, to, to write, to speak, to project. Um, once, you, once you've taken care of those, some of the technical skills almost fall into place. Uh, the, the, the biggest, I think, is, is to understand not so much how the technology works, Although there's always going to be a need for some of the for people who, who get under the covers, and and you know need to to make sure that act, things are actually working the way they're supposed to work, 
But I think the broader need is to understand the business's requirements for security and how to implement those with the tools that are available. And then, as I say, there are people who are implementers uh, who are needed, but they're, from my point of view, needed on a short-term basis to get particular products implemented and running, and then educate the people who need to use those tools and keep the tools working over the long term. Yeah, so your columns are a lot of fun to read. The tone Thank that you. you have is really enjoyable. and Snarky you know, just, is the word I use. <laughs> I'm here for it. I love it. <laughs> um, but, but I'm kind of curious, how have these writing skills helped you in your security career? You know, I, I can I can speak to that in the in the present tense. I'm starting a project on Monday, and the reason I'm doing this project is I've done it three times before for the same client. And they told me it point blank. The reason we hired you back again is because we understand what you're telling us. You, we, you know, we can act on what you're telling us because it's clear, precise English. Uh, some years ago at my university, I was uh, asked to serve on a panel discussion of, about careers. And for reasons unknown to me, I was in computer science. I was never a computer scientist, but I worked with computers. And somebody in the audience asked me, what's the one class that we need to really take to make sure of success in the information technology? And I said, English. He said, no, 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 no. Which, which, which course do we get into the computer course? I said, no, 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 English. The ones who are good at communications are going to be managing the rest of you who are not. And I still hold to that. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Um, and on that note, if we have anybody who's listening to this podcast who's maybe been curious about writing for the journal, but they're nervous or they don't know exactly how to get started, what advice would you have for them? Lay it all out. Go for it. Do it. You know, you, you probably know more than, than you think you know. And uh, we've got people like Betsy who will clean up your English. She cleans up mine every two months. And that's, you know, I, that's, the, that's the beginning and the end of it. If you've got something to say, say it. The ones that worry me are the ones who want to publish something, but they don't have anything to say. They just want to regurgitate what they read in a manual or heard somebody else say. And that's, that's different. You got to have something to say first. But once you do, just do it. Yeah, and then taking a step back and just looking at the past 25 years, um, how do you think that the perception of information security has changed among those who aren't necessarily in the industry? You know, 25 years ago, were you seeing breaches making headlines? Were people, did people care about information security in the same way that they do now, in your opinion? It has absolutely reached center of consciousness, starting at the top of the management chain. Um, the projects that I'm working on increasingly, I'm dealing with the executive level and they, you know, the, the CEO level, um, they're saying, we, there's very few things that can put us out of business. If we got through the pandemic, we can get through almost anything. 
but if we were to lose our information systems because of a, of a cyber attack, we would we would go out of business. We would be dead in the water after X amount of time. Usually my project is how long is X? And it, it has reached absolute serious consciousness, not only of the senior leadership, but if you watch television, which I do rarely, but usually there's somebody playing a game with a ball, um, there's commercials for security, you know, come with this company because we've got great security, buy our services because we can help you with security, including some of my past employers, which makes it, makes me kind of smile. Uh, I think it's, we have accomplished what we wanted to accomplish as security professionals of getting management consciousness. Unfortunately, it required the bad guys to do what they were trying to do which is be more effective than they ever have been in really the history of computing. Yeah, I know earlier in our conversation, you were saying that over the years, there's always been something that's purported to solve all problems, right? Blockchain, yeah. for example. Right now, it feels like people are saying that generative AI is going to change everything. I'm curious for your thoughts on that. Well, it's going to change a great deal, but I, I, I think that it is... It, number one, it is securable in the sense that any other system is securable. But the challenges that that AI uh, we, that we face with are different than the ones that have essentially revolved around: can the appropriate users use the appropriate resources? Right now, the challenge is: can we make AI systems trustworthy? Can we actually develop them in such a way that they will be accurate, complete, unbiased, ethical? These are these are issues that, for the most part, security people have not faced. And maybe it, it's going to require a different skill set. I'm not sure, but certainly the the corporate attention to ethics is is going to be a major, major challenge. And for the most part, I don't see anybody who's equipped to, to work with that any more so than information security. So it may fall to those people by default. But I think a new job category is going to evolve of AI specialists who deal with that. I talked to, I talk to students on campuses and that's that's they're all bright-eyed that's where their careers are going. That's interesting. Um, you talked about this idea of trust. I'm curious, in you know the 25 years that you've been writing for the journal, are people trusting technology more? Um, are people less trustworthy of technology? I know you were, based on the timeline, you were writing this column at y during Y2K. Um, how, what has the perception of trust in technology been and how has it changed over the last quarter century? I think I see two contradictory trends. One is greater trust in it because we use it for everything. I mean, technology means this thing, you know, uh, that, that side. And it also means the systems by which we run our businesses. And I think that there is a greater level of distrust 
because of the fear of, of penetration of the systems, uh, I see, you know, controls on top of controls on top of controls, trying to make sure that that we can rely on the systems. Now, the good news to that is that the controls on top of the controls on top of the controls are necessary and working. So, you know, kudos for that. Yeah, and now shifting back to your experience with writing, what in your process has changed over the last 25 years? What's the same? Have you learned any tips or tricks as you've written more and more? Not a single thing has changed. I'm serious about that. My People have asked me, you know, six times a year, 25 years, that's a lot of, lot of columns. Where do you get the ideas? I said, it's easy. I just talk about my job. And, and if in case I've got a job that isn't all that newsworthy, I just pick up the, the newspaper. And there's something there. <laughs> there's always something there. All right. Well, Steve, that is all we have time for in this episode. We want to thank you so much for all of your contributions hey. to the ISACA Journal, to the podcast. People love listening to you. People love reading your columns. And we really appreciate it. Um, Good. If thank you. I'll keep at it. Yeah. If you're interested in reading Steve's latest column, be sure to check the ISACA website. Thank you. And we'll see you next time.